Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Mercury, a broadcast of hope. I'm Agnes Drew, here today with Dr. Rosalind Clark and Max O'Brien, and it's day 1,226 since we came back on the air. Dr. Clark, do you want to jump into the topic today? I was very interested in what you told me where the conversation went yesterday. First, for the listeners, Dr. Clark met a traveling salt merchant two days ago named Gully. He and his son are hunters and salters. Wait, is that a real term? Yes. Agnes dug up a couple of books on the history of salt last night. Yes, I had no idea how big of a deal salt was throughout history. Well, okay. Back to the topic. Gully and his son Steve process all they catch. Fish, deer, rabbits, etc. Uh, with salt, among other things. Then Gully travels with something like a fruit cart to nearby communities and neighbors to trade the jerked meat, leather, fur, and salt. He traded for a radio a few weeks ago and heard our broadcast, so he decided to head north. I'm sorry I didn't get to meet him. I hope to see what he has when he heads back this way. I'm interested in what he told you it was like on the road south of here. Well, for one thing, they didn't suffer from Medusa, and it shows. He said that there was an influx of people months ago and communities got bigger. With bigger communities, they've been working on trying to make the roads safer. Keep in mind, this is many days to travel south of here. Probably two to three weeks, even if we knew the routes. So I don't imagine we'll be going anytime soon. Tell about the rest stops. Yeah, I'm still not clear on that part. Okay. So keep in mind, this is me trying to remember his telling, so it's a weak secondhand at best. He described a series of these sort of rest pods. He doesn't know who's doing it, but someone on one of his routes has put together four large size porta potties. Large size? I think I know what he means. Like you see at a Ren Fair or a carnival. I remember they were a lot bigger than the ones you would see at like a construction site. Yeah, I think you're right. So, whoever did, bolted four together, with only one door facing out. Then they took out the inner walls to reinforce the outer walls. On the inside, they laid out wooden slats to sit or sleep on, with some sort of foam foam pads. Uh, He said that the ones he slept in did have one active toilet, but it went to a very deep hole. The smell wasn't great, but it wasn't overwhelming. There are plenty of vents on the roof that were widened so a person could look out and check for zombies. He also said that they rigged up some sort of line connected to bells and empty cans about 25 or more meters away, presumably to distract zombies that might be nearby. That is real clever, if you ask me. There were also some long, sharp, sturdy stakes on the roof, again, presumably for zombies. And he said all of this was both sturdy and safe? Well, he didn't mention if he had to deal with zombies, but he did say he sleeps in them. He mentioned that most have a lot of candles, and he was glad he had a good flint and steel. But, yeah, the way he told it, they seem like a good solution. I'm amazed somebody took the time to do all that. That has to be a lot of work. Yeah, and I don't imagine they just made them at home and then dropped them off. Actually, they might have. Apparently, at least two communities... Or two people have working vehicles. Trucks that run on diesel. 
I'm not a car expert, but I'm pretty sure biodiesel can be homemade. Oh, yeah. I had a friend who did that trying to go off the grid and all. He talked about his truck running for like 800,000 miles without any problems. I suspect anyone knowledgeable enough to fit their truck with biodiesel could also maintain their vehicle. Very true. And anyone crafty enough to do that could also conceive and build the, um, what, what are we calling them, Porto sleep pods? I don't know how portable they are. Yeah, but I couldn't think of any poop jokes with a sleep theme. And for that, we are all glad. Uh, I also want to point out, Gully seemed to think these were about 20 to 25 miles apart, which is not much for people driving, but is nearly perfect for people walking. Oh, brilliant. So somebody took the time to make it safer and easier for people to travel? Exactly. Gully said that he knows one route that has at least four of these. He has talked to people that have seen others in the larger area. But Gully just doesn't go that far. He's not much for exploring, and he has to stick to rows that he can get his cart on. Well, I am honestly impressed and even heartened that people would work so hard, even if they have a vehicle, just to help people. Who knows? If they put them further north, maybe we will get more visitors. I agree. Such hard work just to make it easier and safer for others, it reminds me of how good people can really be. And with that, I think it's time we sign off. Um, Dr. Clark, this was your topic. Listeners, have you seen or heard of any other makeshift security for travelers? Or do you have any ideas to make things safer for people to travel? Let us know. I would be very curious how people are handling it. For Mercury, a broadcast of hope, this has been Dr. Rosalind Clark, Agnes Drew, and Max O'Brien. Take care of each other.